0: My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I wanna talk with you guys about theme and a tip or two for you to be able to evaluate your themes and then make sure that you are fully developing them in your manuscripts. Okay, So really, if you are a plotter and you sit and and you orchestrate your entire symphony well in advance before getting up there on that stage, (laughs) then you probably already know what your themes are. You probably already kind of know what your character is going to be uh, experiencing and what lessons they could learn from that and um, so on and so forth. However, if you're a pantser like me and you're sitting here just type it away on a blank screen and you are just as surprised as everybody else as the reader, it's almost like you're reading it for the first time, then you may need to do this tactic after you write the entire manuscript so that way you don't get kind of caught up in it and it slows you down. So, first, you know that themes are messages um, that the reader can take away and learn from that. Um, that whole internal uh, message system that you might not have to blaringly say, like um, when we were in elementary school, at the very end of books, sometimes, you know, you would be reading a book and it would be, don't talk to strangers. And that was the whole intent of that that story with the Little Red Riding Hood, or don't stray off the path. And it would kind of say it out loud, well with us, Okay, we've got a bit, little bit more discreet here <laughs> in what we're working with. However, we need to be able to make a list at the very end. Don't talk to strangers. Don't stray off the path. Like We need to have this list developed. And I don't mean necessarily a complete list that you write down in your journal or you take notes about your own book. Um, you might just make mental notes. Uh, but who knows? Just you writing all of this down might come in handy for you one day. Who kn- who knows that? Um, and so if you need to write it down, make a list of your themes. And when I say S themes, you're going to have multiple themes. And then you need to go back in with your edit with your themes in mind or beside you. And so here's a tactic that you could do, a little technique that you can do. Let's say you write down your themes. Okay, so I'm kind of leaning forward us needing to write down our themes here Um, and this is something i haven't done yet but this is something i need to do and i can definitely do this um going further because i just woke up with this idea so you have your manuscript it's completed you're going in now going to go in and do an edit And you're gonna be looking for themes. you're gonna be looking for character development you're gonna be looking for traits are they consistent are your characters consistent because when you're writing a longer manuscript sometimes that can just be an issue character consistency and we'll talk about that later too Um, I need to do a whole nother episode on that one with some lessons learned about character consistencies but let's say you write you write your themes down of what you think they are. You might not even know. And and sometimes it's like I had an author ask me t- one time, "Well, how do I know what they are?" And my whole, you know, response was, "Well, first, you've got to see what lessons are in there. What are some change points? Because every time you have a transition and a change usually, there will come a very major thing there. They're faced with something that's major. Well, there's going to be a theme out of it. It's going to be a lesson that you've learned. It's like that in life, and so that's how I try to um, break down. Where are some easy indicators where some themes might be prevalent in your book? And so those could be some like like the huge plot points. That's where your major themes probably will be showing up. But you could also have some minor themes in there that thread along the book that could be secondary themes and you need to be able to identify what those are as well and I'm gonna tell you why because when you start back editing in your book and you've got this you know maybe a preliminary list of themes, you need to be looking for where they begin to develop like not just necessarily what page number but what scene What character dialogue, what character action created this initial opening up of this theme, like to introduce it to the reader? When did it start to develop? When did it start to, you know, go? And so it's emerging, it's coming out, right? You're starting to show it. Then when is it developing? Um, You need to see how you're progressing with that theme. And then, you know, how is it fully formed? And did you close this theme up did you actually have that character go through this process because what can happen if we are not um writing on a daily basis now this has happened to me before so i'm speaking here from experience if we're not writing in the daily fashion or we write and we take chunk breaks from our work and go back in sometimes we can be really on to something And then we we kind of lose it we lose the concept we lose the idea maybe the thread that we could have put in there is gone now just because we forgot Um, we might not have made a note to ourselves because we were so tired when we closed our computer screen Um, but then we lost something and we maybe lost developing this concept and it's just a missed opportunity that's what it is and so when i tell the authors that i work with i always go back in and look for missed opportunities well one way to look for a missed opportunity is to see if your themes are fully developed if you're carrying them throughout because you cannot just all of a sudden ta-da! at the end be careful what you wish for because it might come true monkey's paw or the midas touch kind of thing um, you, know, you can't wait till the very end to kind of show that aha moment for the reader. It has to be a gradual progression of the themes. And that means emerging, developing, and um, fully formed. So you kind of have to do your themes in three stages. Maybe, you know, if it's a minor theme, you might do, you know, some maybe two stages, but you really do need to flesh these things out, and you need to make sure that you are having your plot um, carried out in a way that it is supporting those things, that you want that reader to be able to see that natural progression of the change. And so, you can go online right now, and I shared this with my WWJs in my boot camp, a Saturday morning boot camp experience and i taught my wwjs who are writing cozy mysteries right now two of them um and so we had this discussion you can go online right now and you can type in common themes in literature you guys you're gonna get like so many of them like if you just really don't know where to start sometimes it's good to look at a list and then say oh my book does that oh mine's about that (laughs) because you might just not know like honestly so i've been teaching for 20 years and our north carolina standard requires me to teach theme every single year to my students in this way now because i have all of this kind of mindset of the theme because of teaching i can then apply that back into my writing life and hopefully Hopefully, it transfers enough in my brain to the page um, internally without me having to really do tons of work through it that it just naturally occurs just because I know what like, that reader experience would be with theme and what the standards are for North Carolina standards for teaching theme in the elementary all the way up to the uh, 12th grade. So theme is every year. So, you know, seeing those patterns, if you're like, okay, wait, well, if my book is geared towards, let's say, you know, middle school, if you're writing a middle grades fiction, And you're not sure even about like what the teacher standards are guys these teaching standards they are all public they're on the Department of Public Instruction websites in your states all you have to do is Google it and you can just type in you know if you want to look at North Carolina North Carolina English standards and you're gonna find them you'll find the list of them and then you're gonna see theme or central idea and you're going to be able to see what is needed by the time they get to that middle grades what are they able to be able to identify in these themes and then you're going to want your work to kind of reflect that because if you're middle grades most middle grades kids are not the ones buying the books it's the teachers it's the librarians and it's the parents and so you really have to consider these themes how strong your themes are because your parents are going to read them they're going to need to be able to pick those themes out and be able to kind of give the okay because they're like the you know the gatekeepers of the bank account <laughs> Um, And sure, I know that there are are middle grades kids out there that say, oh, I want to read this, and and their parents just get it without pre-reading it. But then you also do have parents who pre-read, or you have parents like me who read with. You guys know I believe in the read with experience, and I'm just blessed that I get an opportunity to homeschool my children in this life. That is a tremendous blessing for me, I cannot tell you how much. But we're always looking at themes. And then last night, my son was like, gosh, Mama, the Goblet of Fire, really? He's such, he's dealing with so much pride. He was like, what is going on? Why? Why is this happening to my character? You know, Harry was dealing with a prideful moment with Cedric Diggory and the egg. And if you guys have read the Goblet of Fire, he spent, you know, weeks not wanting to listen to advice. And I was like, well, then, you know. How can we translate this experience that Harry's going through with Cedric, with the egg? Where is it all stemming from? What is all of this about? Because he wasn't like this at the beginning. And so we talked about, again, the jealousy. We talked about the pride. and then we had some lessons learned from that experience my son is able kind of to pick out these changes and behaviors these changes in these patterns and that's where if you have a shift you normally have a theme so if you guys want to do a strategy called tip and i know it's not called this so just listen i've called it this for years it's called a tip cast you can look it up. It's a tip cast strategy that teachers use to teach poetry. Well, it also works for novels. It also works for short stories. So if you kind of need a guide sheet to kind of help you with ways that you can come across catching your themes, it's really the tone and the shifts. It's really where does the where does the plot points begin to make a change. Um, I'm doing pre-calculus right now, and... I love the visualization of what we're doing we're doing um, functions right now on a graph and the teacher on study pug was moving his hand in this all this really cool way and it was reminding me of the plot point and I'm sitting here you know doing pre-calculus with Solomon. And I kept saying, yep, there's a switch. There's a change. There's a change. This is what it looks like when we're writing our novels. And it it just made sense to me. And and I could do the problems. (laughs) And it's like, I probably could not have done this last year. But at all of those plot points um, that do these changes and these transitions, um, if you don't have like some kind of little nugget in there, whether it's a character change, whether it's a situation that could yield for um, some further fleshing out, then there's you an opportunity that you could do that um, on your plot on your plot diagram. And I'm talking about something that, that we've all learned since we were in third grade. Um, I call it kind of looks like the witch's hat um, to my kids because sometimes when I say plot diagram, even my ninth graders go, huh, what? And then I start drawing it out in the air and I start talking about the rising action and the conflict, and they're going, oh, oh, I know that, I know that. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, look, just think of it as the witch's hat. You know, I'm always trying to find um, symbols that they can kind of draw in their head and connect it to picture cues, because they'll remember it more. And so, I kind of got off the topic of theme. Now I'm talking about plot diagram. But, you guys know how important it is for you to be able to go back into editing and trying to see where you might have some holes. Well, the themes are huge, guys. I mean, that's why we're writing to begin with, right? We're writing to, for sure for entertainment. We're writing for escape. We're writing for um, world building and, and all of this. But we're also writing for our readers to be able to take away something, something from this character. What are you letting them take away? Um. What are you building for your readers? And how are you building it? And are you showing how it's you know, initially being addressed and then how does it change and fully develop and grow? And so those are questions that you can ask yourself whether you're doing your plots, um, outlines at the very beginning, you can say, okay, these are kind of the themes that I want readers to take away. Or if you just wait till the very end and you say, oh, this is what you know they could learn. And then you take and look at these lists because the lists are widely available. You just type in common themes in literature. So that's your trick. Uh, pull up all of these, look at multiple websites. Just go to the list, go straight to these lists, start you know, zooming down, It'll make you a list, yourself whether it's a mental note i would prefer it if you wrote it down because what you could do after you write it down you could go back in when you're editing and you can do tally marks oh i worked that one or you could put little you know sentence fragments you could just say things like um how you started to address that theme so you can remember to see if you are fully developing it That could be something interesting that you could do while you're editing. Um, You could see if you've got it throughout or did you have a missed opportunity somewhere because of maybe chunking your time or just forgetting that key aspect. Um, There were a few times when I did a book study with an author that I found there were quite a few different experiences in the book and and it was just kind of a little disjointed. And then we were like, why was it there? We honestly were questioning a book that won a Newberry, and, and it just felt so out of place. And I was like, But was there something in here, you know, looking back, retrospect, you know, was there something in here that just developed the character? Was there something in here that carried the theme? And so, and was it necessary? That's the end question. Was it really necessary in the book, or did it take me out of the flow? um, I mean, honestly, it took me out of the book. It took me away, and and I did not ever, um, do a book review on this book, and I didn't do anything online, you know, and I didn't give it any ratings or anything, but, but it was like, here I was in this book, and then everything kind of would then switch, and I'm like, okay, well, a switch is a, you know, a lesson learned. Then I realized, but no, these are just kind of, like, random short pieces somehow. I, um, And it wasn't just me. It was the other people in my writing group that uh, we were doing the book study. And it was like, nah, nah. And so maybe there were some themes in there. Maybe I was just a tired reader. Um, Maybe there was a character development piece in there that was needed to carry that character forward for someone, um, a younger reader. Or maybe it was just in there for pure entertainment. And it had nothing to do with anything except telling a really cool piece um, of the story. Um, just to give you like an extra short. So whatever the purpose of it was, it was sitting right smack in the middle of the book. And so I always kind of question those things. You guys know I love a questioning technique, you know. And so one of them is like, you know, is this scene, what is this scene doing? Is it for plot? This plot scene, is it for character development? Is it for understanding a deeper, you know, like this rich piece of this character that would not have been revealed unless this would have happened? Or is it to help support that theme? Um, is it to push the narrative along to create greater tensions? Like what is the point of having that scene in there? So I'm always trying to evaluate my scenes and if it's not doing what I need it to do, then that's where I, I kind of go through and do some trimming up. I trim up as much as I can, not to lose the reader. Um, I would rather have a lower word count and an engaged reader and so that's the thing like like I say that sweet potato was was 91,000 words which is one of my largest books now the my bridges my light bearer series bridges crossings and tides those are pretty heavy uh, but for me you know I would rather have you know 55 60,000 word completed story that can keep that reader, that can hold that young adult, than to do a 120, you know, thousand page, I mean, a page. Oh my gosh, 120,000 words, you know, with just maybe what I would call, you know, empty calories. If I'm going to look back on nutrition book that I just read with Pooja, she taught me about that word, and and Solomon has used it before with me about, mommy, you're just, you know, with you drinking that soda, that's just empty calories. And additional things you don't need, Um, you know, so how about that way with a book, you know, how much of us are we carrying around empty calories? I would rather have something that's lean, that's concise, that, you know, does its job very well and does not lose my audience. And themes are very important, and you want that to be an integral part of your book. So, I hope that this discussion has been a little helpful to someone who might be at the outlining or at the editing stage. You know me, I'm looking at these things just as I uh, edit and go along just to make sure you know, that I can point them out. If I can point them out, sometimes I don't even know where my book is going. So, you know, it's really important when you're going back in that way to make sure that you're developing them. And I will tell you what else it creates at the very end when you start talking about your book. And then, you know, you're going to get interviewed or people are going to question you, well, what's the book about? You know, it was, there's a forgiveness piece that is very strong in Um, offbeat my it's not for young adults it is a new adult age it's a new age book it's um, the characters 21 but I mean middle grades and young adults could read it it's a clean sweet romance but there are some points in there that are really strong about forgiveness and it's not just forgiveness of herself or choices that she's made, or it's not even forgiveness, you know, of people around her, it can be forgiveness of God, like it could be, it can, it's multiple forgiving pieces that she's got to wrestle with, uh, because if you're having a hardened heart, and if you're having an issue with forgiveness, it's going to spill over into different aspects of your life in the natural, you know, world, we're not just going to, Be unforgiven to one thing, we may have just this unforgiving spirit all around, and and how does that uh, mold and change, and how do we move from unforgiveness to forgiveness? Well, then that's the questions that you have to say, you know, when you're talking about a character going through this real and present struggle that many people Um, face—the holding grudges or being wronged—and how do you let go of the wrong? Um, what is it that can be a catalyst that can help you? It can be a religious experience. It could be a softening of the heart over time. It could be others praying for you and others helping you see and get through it. And so how can that then translate back into your work and how can you show that with characters not just at the very end but you know, trickling out throughout the book like little sprinkles of fairy dust all throughout the book. Um, and how, you know, maybe does a character help to show that kind of process? And so then you need that flat character in there who does readily forgive. One that would be the opposite. So you got to have that flat character where maybe that's the person that she might learn from. So that's a, that's a model that we have in real life. And so, you know, those are some things that you can think about with your themes. You find out what your theme list is and then work backwards, too, and trying to piece it outside of your work and say, well, if this is a lesson that could be learned in real life, what are the character traits that could help this person get to this theme? Am I fully showing character traits? So, wow, that even shows you how... The theme works with the traits of your characters. And so it's all a hand-in-hand process. You can't have one without the other. All right, guys. Well, I hope that you have a blessed day. And I'm slowly behind the school bus making my way to work, but I'm almost there. So I wanted to go ahead and uh, close out this morning and let you guys know that I would really appreciate your prayers. Um, We have um, snow in our forecast this week. And if we do get snow in North Carolina, um, that's a potential for a snow day, which is wonderful for me as a writer, because that gives me an opportunity to kind of slow down in the middle of a work week and get an extra day. Now, I've been kind of recuperating, so my slowdown point might just honestly be a resting day. But I have a lot of beta reads that I need to be catching up with. Um, I get a new toy. Um, I'm going to talk all about that. I get a new author tool uh, to help me with my illustrations. And um, I'm going to do a review on all of that. So that is coming. And I'm going to learn a new skill in 2020. So just continue to pray for me as I'm going after this author life and always trying my best to discover new things and pray that the Holy Spirit gives me the wisdom um, and the strength to be able to handle everything that comes at me. So continue to pray for me too. But um, I hope that you guys have a blessed one. Okay, bye.